from the studios of Fractal Recording, this is The Mystic Show, episode 116. everyone. Welcome to The Mystic Show. I'm your host, Chris Curran, and I'm happy you're able to join me. I'm happy to be here at this moment. This is the show where we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and meditation. And the purpose of this show doesn't change. The purpose is always for you and I and all of us to move forward on the path of growing spiritually. And if you practice what we talk about on the show, it'll definitely make a big difference in your life. We release new episodes every Friday morning, and you can hear our show on iTunes and Stitcher. Those are the two big podcast directories. And you can also hear it from our website, themysticshow.net. And uh, themysticshow.net. And you can also sign up for behind the scenes emails. That's right, special weekly emails from me about my preparation for the show and maybe some of my personal experience during the week. And quickly, like to thank Pause Your Life. Pause Your Life is our sponsor and our sister organization, sort of. Actually, they're not the sister. I think we're the sister, (laughs) the mystic show. Uh, But pause your life is for those people who want to hit the pause button on their life. Pause your life hosts meetups and retreats. So if you're, if you want to stop the craziness and uh, breathe and relax, you know, I, I meet people all the time who just, they say, I just need a break. I just need a vacation. Uh, so pause your life facilitates meetups and retreats to help, help us all do that, to balance our lives, you know, to get, get out of the rat race for either a few hours or a few days. So pauseyourlife.org is the website there. It'll be in the, uh, in the show post as well. There'll be links to pause your life. So in this episode, we are going to finish the section of our James Allen book that we're reading. The book is called From Poverty to Power, published in 1901, and the section we're reading from is called The Realization of Selfless Love, and it's, this has been, I don't know, for me, this has been one of my favorite sections. It just really cuts to the chase, you know, between selfishness and divine love. And he talks about how to implement it in our lives. So we're going to read, we're going to finish up that section today. And uh, real quick, though, I just wanted to mention that uh, this past week I've been attending group meditations given by my spiritual guide, who is still in New Jersey, still in the area. And how fortunate are we to be able to meet him and meditate? Um, And I have a lot of notes in my diary, which I, 
I forgot to bring my diary to the studio or else I would be able to maybe talk about it. Maybe next episode I can do that. Um, I also started watching a documentary on uh, Buddha. And it's, I think it's the PBS documentary. You may have seen it. It's very interesting. I mean, the story of his life is very interesting. Um, it's hard to verify historically because there's not a lot of records, but the story and the journey and the the trials and the, the achievement of his is, is, is always uh, inspiring to me. Um, one... One thing that my spiritual guide did say, or he was talking about discrimination, and uh, I looked back in the archives, and uh, and back in the Mystic Show episode thirty-seven, we uh, I read a chapter from a James Allen book, and the chapter was called discrimination, and I just reread it before this show, and it's phenomenal. So if you want to go back and uh, listen to that. It's episode 37 of The Mystic Show, and I talk about discrimination. Uh, it is one of the, well, it's essential on the spiritual path to develop a high level of discrimination. And we went into it on that episode, so you can go listen to that. And also, you know, really quickly, I about an hour ago, I put out on social media um, a question and the question was, where is it? Oh, yeah. If you had 60 seconds to address every human being on earth, what message would you give? And I kind of, I had a, I included a picture of a microphone. I could just picture, picture you in front of a microphone and someone says, okay, you're on, Go. And every single human being on the planet is listening for 60 seconds. What are you going to say? And one of our Pause Your Life members who goes by the sort of alias of Ashley Elizabeth, <laughs> uh, Ashley writes w- what she would say in her 60 seconds. I'll, I'll just read it. Learn that forgiveness is more for you than it is for others. And just love. And love hard. When you feel like you can't love someone, that's all the more reason you should. Forgive quickly, pass no judgment, and love, love, love. So thank you, Ashley, for that. And also our friend Joey Voorhees, his answer was, it's pretty funny because, um, again, the question is, if you had 60 seconds to address every human being on Earth, what message would you give? Joey says, turn off this broadcast, go outside, enjoy nature, grow food, love people and yourself and God, whichever one you believe in, but believe in something bigger than you. And then, of course, we have Dino Dogan who writes, uh, that's a lot of pressure. So he didn't give his answer. He just said that was a lot of pressure. So thank you guys for sharing that. I think uh, in the coming days, I think more people are going to answer that question as well. Uh, it brings up a good point. You know, like what, what do you have of value to share with people, with the whole world or with one person? 
it really makes us question that. So that was kind of interesting. So let's jump right in again. This is our, the section from our James Allen book. The book is called From Poverty to Power. It's James Allen's first book, published in 1901. And we're finishing up the section today called The Realization of Selfless Love. And um, I know me personally, I want to go back to the previous two episodes and listen to the reading of this chapter because this is this is some really great stuff. And, and when you hear it, when you hear it, you know it, that's all. So let's, uh, let's get started. And by the way, if you're listening in a car or, or somewhere where you have to keep your eyes open and pay attention to what you're doing, please do. If you're listening at home or anywhere where you can just relax and close your eyes and listen, uh, that's the best way to hear this. Here we go. Where hatred, dislike, and condemnation are, selfless love does not abide. It resides only in the heart that has ceased from all condemnation. You say, how can I love the drunkard, the hypocrite, the sneak, the murderer? I am compelled to dislike and condemn such men. It is true you cannot love such men emotionally, but when you say that you must perforce dislike and condemn them, you show that you are not acquainted with the great overruling love. For it is possible to attain to such a state of interior enlightenment as will enable you to perceive the train of causes by which these men have become as they are, to enter into their intense sufferings, and to know the certainty of their ultimate purification. Possessed of such knowledge, it will be utterly impossible for you any longer to dislike or condemn them, and you will always think of them with perfect calmness and deep compassion. If you love people and speak of them with praise until they in some way thwart you or do something of which you disapprove, and then you dislike them and speak of them with dispraise, you are not governed by the love which is of God. If in your heart you are continually arraigning and condemning others, selfless love is hidden from you. He who knows that love is at the heart of all things and has realized the all-sufficing power of that love has no room in his heart for condemnation. Men, knowing not this love, constitute themselves judge and executioner of their fellows, forgetting that there is an eternal judge and executioner. And insofar as men deviate from them in their own views, their particular reforms and methods, they brand them as fanatical, unbalanced, lacking judgment, sincerity, and honesty. 
insofar as others approximate to their own standard, do they look upon them as being everything that is admirable. Such are the men who are centered in self. But he whose heart is centered in the supreme love does not so brand and classify men, does not seek to convert men to his own views, not to convince them of the superiority of his methods. Knowing the law of love, he lives it and maintains the same calm attitude of mind and sweetness of heart toward all. The debased and the virtuous, the foolish and the wise, the learned and the unlearned, the selfish and the unselfish, receive alike the benediction of his tranquil thought. You can only attain to this supreme knowledge, this divine love, by unremitting endeavor in self-discipline and by gaining victory after victory over yourself. Only the pure in heart see God. And when your heart is sufficiently purified, you will enter into the new birth and the love that does not die, nor change, nor end in pain and sorrow will be awakened within you, and you will be at peace. He who strives for the attainment of divine love is ever seeking to overcome the spirit of condemnation. For where there is pure spiritual knowledge, Condemnation cannot exist, and only in the heart that has become incapable of condemnation is love perfected and fully realized. The Christian condemns the atheist. The atheist satirizes the Christian. The Catholic and Protestant are ceaselessly engaged in wordy warfare. And the spirit of strife and hatred rules where peace and love should be. He that hateth his brother is a murderer, a crucifier of the divine spirit of love. And until you can regard men of all religions and of no religion with the same impartial spirit, with all freedom from dislike and with perfect equanimity, you have yet to strive for that love which bestows upon its possessor freedom and salvation. The realization of divine knowledge, selfless love, utterly destroys the spirit of condemnation, disperses all evil, and lifts the consciousness to that height of pure vision where love, goodness, justice are seen to be universal, supreme, all-conquering, indestructible. Train your mind in strong, impartial, and gentle thought. Train your heart in purity and compassion. Train your tongue to silence 
and to true and stainless speech. So shall you enter the way of holiness and peace, and shall ultimately realize the immortal love. So living, without seeking to convert, you will convince. Without arguing, you will teach. Not cherishing ambition, the wise will find you out. And without striving to gain men's opinions, you will subdue their hearts. For love is all-conquering, all-powerful, and the thoughts and deeds and words of love can never perish. To know that love is universal, supreme, all-sufficing. To be freed from the trammels of evil. To be quit of the inward unrest. To know that all men are striving to realize the truth, each in his own way. To be satisfied, sorrowless, serene. This is peace. This is gladness. This is immortality. This is divinity. This is the realization of selfless love. And with that, we will take a quick break to ponder. Okay, welcome back to The Mystic Show. That's actually a little piece of music I made. And from the last episode, I actually added a little more bass, a little more low end to that. Not sure you could tell the difference. So welcome back to The Mystic Show. And if you'd like to consider supporting The Mystic Show so more people can benefit from these higher values and teachings, there are several ways you can help out. You can share each episode on your social media, like Facebook and Twitter. You can give the show a rating and a review in iTunes or Stitcher. And you can also, if you want, contribute a dollar or two or three per episode. And this will help us continue to produce the show. And on the right side of our website, which is themysticshow.net, you can click the image that says, please consider supporting The Mystic Show for more info. It takes you to a cool site called Patreon, in which I made this really, I think it's cool, a video. <laughs> it's kind of artistic, but um, for each pledge level, you get a reward. And have a look at the rewards that that we are giving. Uh, 
they're very unique and valuable. And anyway, just go there and check it out. The link is on the website, like I said. So we just read the final piece of this section called The Realization of Selfless Love. And yeah, I mean, can, can you just, can you like James Allen any more than I do? Wow. He mentions a lot in this section, he talks about condemnation and how, uh, well, I'll just read the first line, where hatred, dislike, and condemnation are, selfless love does not abide. It resides only in the heart that has ceased from all condemnation. So... Condemnation is an interesting thing, right? There's obviously the words that we can say. We can condemn another person with our words. Uh, we can condemn them with our actions. Might be violent action or even not violent. But we can also condemn others in our minds. And this is, as we know, the mind is the root cause of our action so if if we can become a little more aware of, you know, are we really condemning others in our mind too much? You know, I think driving a car is one example where if someone doesn't do something right, we might call them a name, even if it's a, you know, a relatively harmless name like idiot. Um, that's sort of a condemnation. And this is... You know, James Allen makes it sound so easy, but I I have to say, this is not easy to do if you are just trying to do it with sheer willpower. You know, this is why meditation is so important, because we have to get a little more control over our minds to be able to first become aware of these subtle thoughts, and then to maybe clean them out and, you know maybe replace them or not replace them. Just leave a void. Why not? So condemnation is, is something we all, I mean, I'm sure we all do it to some degree. Um, and he brings up this other point too, which I thought was interesting because this is, this is always, you know, <laughs> this is always the argument you get from whenever you say that you should love everybody this is always the kind of argument you get that, you know, like, like he says, how can you love the murderer or the drunkard or the hypocrite? Right? Well, believe it or not, in what I just read, James Allen tells us, right, how to deal with it. Um, but I like this part. If you love people and speak of them with praise until they in some way thwart you or do something of which you disapprove, and then you dislike them and speak of them with dispraise, you are not governed by the love which is of God. So, and obviously this has happened in all of our lives. Someone maybe you think highly of or someone who's a friend and they do something that you dislike. And uh, you, you might tell them or you might tell other people that they did something bad and that you dislike them. Um, we've all done it. And we all still do it to some degree. Um, but the thing I want to mention is that 
I don't think he's saying that we need to... Like, if someone does you wrong, it doesn't mean you have to be their friend. It doesn't mean you have to be near them. Right? We don't have to continue serving them or supporting them or whatever we're doing. Um, It's okay to remove yourself, I think. I think it's okay to distance yourself from these people. Um, If you don't want to be associated with a person, then disassociate yourself by all means. However, what James Allen is talking about is the subtle thoughts in our mind that we might complain about this person or condemn them in person or to others, right? So there's something to be said for dropping it and moving on uh, and not really harboring any ill will, right? So it's a, I know that's a tricky situation. It's different. Every situation is different. Um, but we really do have the option of associating with who we want to associate with. And, um, and we should discriminate between people who are good for us and bad for us, right? We should. Um, at the same time, it doesn't make the drunkard a bad person or it doesn't make the murderer a bad person. Well, they might be a bad person, but we should not condemn them as being a bad person. They are what they are. And like James Allen says, they're, they're on their way to becoming pure. <laughs> right now, maybe they're not pure at all. But ultimately, they will, whether it's this lifetime or next or a million lifetimes from now, we're all going to come around and, and merge with the divine and be pure. So, um, he also talks about religions. Where does he say this? He talks about the, the Christian condemns the atheist and the atheist satirizes the Christian and all this stuff. And this, this is happening a lot today in the world, obviously with the whole, you know, the Islam extremists. I don't even really know. I don't follow it very much. I don't know what they're really called. Um, but it seems to be, you know, an issue at times. And, um, and it just, it's interesting because religions are supposed to be these holy entities, right? That save you from whatever, I don't know, (laughs) or promise you heaven or something. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't really understand it. But anyway, they, they claim to be these holy organizations, but then they can condemn others and, and hate others and you know that hatred and condemnation actually it's just proof of their lack of love and that doesn't make them bad either because we're all i mean we're all not perfect yet if we were perfect you'd just poof you'd become a a, a cloud of smoke and disappear right so it's just we're just noticing these things right um, it's funny. And he also says too, with this regard, um, when you condemn, you show that you are not acquainted with the great overruling love, right? I'm going to read that again. 
When you condemn, you show that you are not acquainted with the great overruling love. And the great overruling love is is God, right? So, so I guess one of the morals of this point is that if someone is claiming they're godly or in touch with God, but yet they're condemning others, then they're lying. So that's why it's good to be humble. You know, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> we're on the journey. We're on the path. I'm working to become a better person. I'm working to become love and achieve my divine goal. I'm on the way. I didn't get there. I don't think I got there yet, but I'm on the way. <laughs> so it's not, not good to claim that you're higher or better than you are because that immediately drops you down below the other people. <laughs> Ego, right? So he also talks, and, and this is uh, a point that I really like, okay? So he's talking about condemnation and love, right? And they're kind of on opposite sides of the spectrum in a way. And, but he tells us how to, uh, how to do it. He says, train your mind in strong, impartial, and gentle thought. Train your heart in purity and compassion. Train your tongue to silence and to true and stainless speech. So shall you enter the way of holiness and peace and shall ultimately realize the immortal love. So, right, okay, so train our minds in gentle thought, train our heart in purity and compassion, and train our tongue to silence. These are the, you know, this is personal development, in my opinion. And I even wrote a personal development book where I talked about earning more money and, or losing weight. But these things are the fundamental of the fundamental, um, Right? And I think the problem arises when, especially for Westerners, because we're very comfortable, very um, advanced societies where, you know, most of, most of the Western world has some money to spend and can afford some pleasures and luxuries, right? Um, and I, I think sometimes what happens on the spiritual path is, you know, someone might want to achieve merger with God, right? And and realize the ultimate, you know, nirvana, right? But yet they're not ready to train their mind to gentle thought. Maybe they're not ready to train their heart in purity and compassion. Maybe they're not ready to train their tongue to silence um, because they want to keep living the the pleasurable lifestyle, so in a way, a lot of, I think, a lot of spiritual aspirants from the West, they want to achieve God, but they also want to hang on to all their pleasures and luxuries. <laughs> they want to do both. And it's just not possible. It's just not possible. And if, if you think it is, leave a comment on the show and uh, leave a comment on the post and, and we can also, we'll have a nice conversation about it. Because pleasures and luxury has an opposite. It's called pain and suffering. <laughs> so all of us who are living high on the hog or living even middle class, we're so much pleasure involved. But, you know, there's really a lot of pain, too. And I think a lot of times we, um, 
we just ignore the pain. We pretend it's not there. It reminds me of when I used to be a, a business coach, and I would talk to someone who they've been running their own business for two years, and they're not making any money, and they're miserable. And I'll come. I would talk to them about, you know, hey, maybe I can help you. Maybe you can become my client, and I'll take you through my coaching program, and maybe your business will start earning money. And almost everyone just pretends like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. No, no, I'm fine. I don't need any help. But yet they're miserable. They're not earning money. It's very strange. (laughs) And in a way, it's not strange at all, right? So let's finish up this episode with a really nice reading um, from our other book, 365 Dao Daily Meditations by Deng Ming Dao. And this, when I read this passage, you know what I thought of? It, have you ever had times in your life when you felt stuck or you felt like you didn't, you didn't know the right way to proceed or you had to make a decision and you weren't sure which decision to make? Or, you know, you, you think you're smart and talented, but yet everyone else around you is is achieving much more success and you're not really achieving much even though you think you should be achieving more well this passage kind of explains why so let's read it uh this passage is called vantage and again it's from 365 dow there's a little tiny poem and then there's two paragraphs very short here we go vantage Distant ridges, faraway clouds, all events come from a distance. With a high vantage point, foretelling the future is elementary. It is often superstitiously said that one who follows Tao knows magic. This is nonsense. Superiority is simply a matter of using the best of one's abilities and being in the right position. For example, a wise person who lives high in the mountains and who is not blinded by wine, sensuality, intellectuality, poor health, or greed will be better able to see events in the distance than one who lives in a closed room eyes on some obscure project. A storm does not happen abruptly. It takes hours, sometimes days, to develop. Travelers do not arrive suddenly. They can be seen in the distance. Knowing things in advance is possible with a high vantage point. For this reason, the follower of Tao appears to know magic. So here's to you in the course of your day, rising and rising up to a higher vantage point. So you'll have more awareness, more foresight, and you can live a better life and help other people as well. So so thank you for listening to The Mystic Show. If you'd like to share our episodes, please do. This is, I mean, you can tell this is valuable stuff and and a lot of people need to hear this. There's just no way to get it to them. 
So thank you for listening. Thank you for participating. And as you move through your day, think about some of the things we've been talking about and maybe make some notes in your diary. Maybe talk to a friend about some of these topics too. And of course, keep shining.